Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. We are your hosts, John Patrick Owatari Dorgan, and... I am the Adam Glass, and I'm always I'm going to continually laugh every time you say welcome to the next episode. Just because Why? It, it feels like you're welcoming us to the future. <laughs> it's the it is and, the future. Uh, it's always the future. Now it's the future. No, now. Well, in, now. in reality, in reality, it's quite a bit the past. So. Yeah, because you guys are probably listening to this, like, maybe six months, a year? Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably closer to about nine months away from, yeah. from when we're actually recording this. What's our film for today? Our film for today is Nanook of the North, the 1922, I'll say proto-documentary by uh, Robert J. Flaherty. <laughs> um, interesting fact, actually, uh, to, to tie this a little bit into last week, um, uh, the Wikipedia page on Charles Dickens' controversies is really much longer than you would expect it to be. Uh, but dude hated Eskimos. Wait, um, Charles Dickens? Charles Dickens hated Eskimos. Why? Uh, at, at one point, he, he had a very noble, savage sort of view of them. Uh, but then, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> one of them bought his house. <laughs> one of them bought his, bought his house. It was terrible. No, no. Um, there was, there was an For expedition. anybody who hasn't listened to the previous episode. <laughs> there was an expedition to the Arctic um, where in uh, they... They got lost or something. It's, um, supplies dwindled. They ended up there was there was like a mutiny. Um, people died, and there was some evidence of cannibalism. Uh, and the local Inuit tribe found uh, found the remnants, basically. You know, and any any survivors, if there were any, they found. They got them back to society. Um, so what would what had happened was you know that with poor planning and everything fell apart and it was tragic, but the wife of the head of the expedition, uh, and later Charles Dickens after she convinced him of such, went on this big publicity public tour saying you know the official story's not true the Eskimos killed them all. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this and it was a, a very a it was very it was a very popular public theory that. Uh, Dickens really, really bought into, and it's very unfortunate. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Like, oh, and that kind of leads us into this film. <laughs> yes. In that. That very much holy leads us into this Holy heck. <laughs> I've, okay. okay, so I had to watch this film as, we're just going to get this right off the bat, okay? Yeah. So, I was an anthropology major in university. Yes. Uh, but I did not watch this film in anthropology class because no one in their right mind would show this as an anthropology uh, documentary. Yes. Uh, but I did have to watch this in film class, and I did not remember it being this racist. <laughs> My goodness. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call this movie racist. Oh, um, this movie is racist now. Okay, yes. No, it is. It is. No, it's certainly... It's... Um, and, 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 I, and again, I want to just yeah. put this to bed right now because... People will say, well, it was 1922. But here's the thing. For scholarly people in 1922, this is still racist. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like for people who are supposed to be learned, yes. At this point, the things he says for are racist, who even it for learned. that time. Um, yeah, yeah. Like no. there were, I there have to have been <clears throat> people who went and saw this movie at the time and said, "Man, that <clears throat> guy was pretty racist." This is, this is definitely, this is definitely, you know, Flaherty wasn't necessarily a filmmaker, you know, uh, prior not prior to making this because he filmed tons and tons of footage for an actual you know, very blatantly fictional tale he was going for, you know, a, a much broader, maybe travel log, I guess, is more, is better, better suited, I guess, not necessarily a fictional film. Um, and he lost all that footage. But before he made that footage, he took a three-week course on, on how to run his camera in Rochester, New York. <laughs> um, he bought the camera because he, 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 you know, he was an explorer uh, up around Hudson Bay. He met all these you know, Inuit, and he liked them, um, so he wanted to, you know, show the and, world about them. And that's the weird thing, is, like, when yeah. you read about his motivations, you're like, oh, yeah. this yeah. guy has the best of intentions. Yeah, He's but like, it's a... I met it, a bunch of Inuits, I thought, wow, this is a cool group of people, I want to show people, but yeah. man, somewhere well, along the lines, he really lost the thread on that one. Yeah, his, uh, his, he's a... Only a slightly worse anthropologist than he is a filmmaker. He, yeah, right. He, he did go. a little less less research on that subject uh, than yeah. a three week course. Um, right. He he did what he read in yeah. in popular m- yeah. media so, at the time. So this movie is you know it's it's the first it's the first feature length documentary really you know early film we had the actualities you know the the short documentaries on industrialists and, and workers and this is And that's life. the weird thing is that thing. those are, and I've seen some of those, those are much yeah. more in the spirit of documentary than yeah. this is. Well, those are, those are much mind. more observer, you know, this is, this right. is, in which happening. in my mind is what a documentary is. Yeah. And that's, that's really what a documentary should be. Like though, he does so much editorializing in this. Yeah. That you kind of like, yeah. you can't There's a lot discern of, yeah. reality. Yeah, there's a lot of noble savage in this, and there's a lot of you're a credit to your race uh, sorts of things. Yeah, well, it, it starts right from the beginning. Like, yeah. the, I, I, I had forgotten most of the title cards um, yes. it, in, the, in the eight years or whatever since I watched it, but um, yes. the first time. And the first title card has this really overwhelming, like, in an environment that only this race could survive. Which already gets into this thing where, like, at this point, as far as I remember from my studies, anthropology, which he is not, I know, but yeah. has already moved on beyond the idea of, like, individual races with unique racial traits. Yeah. And this is borderline getting into, like, we we did talk about this before we started recording, but getting into, like, eugenics almost. Like, yeah. these these people have been crafted to survive the North. By a we're god already, who thinks it's funny to make people live in in hell. I don't know. Yeah. It's like we're already I, I to a point where it's it's accepted that everybody is a common stock. Yeah, that everybody is just human. Yeah, and and yeah. we start right at the very beginning with this. Yeah, this sort of like borderline eugenics notion or something like that of like yeah. these super super cold adapted northern people. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. Yeah, they've adapted in the same way that humans adapt everywhere, which is tools and yeah. and, and and thinking. Coats. Yeah, and, and and killing lots of seals, uh, <laughs> yes. which is how people adapt everywhere. 
Yeah, killing they seals. kill seals. That's uh, that's how I adapted to moving to the big city. <laughs> right, exactly. So, Without killed some seals. Yeah, I'm sure that's them. how you adapted to, to moving to Japan. Of course. And, as uh, soon as I got here, I killed a couple of Japanese seals and I was in. Yeah, good the difference. Go. The difference between high school and college, uh, you know, it, it took a lot of seals to find that. Um, right, exactly. It takes a lot of seals to find yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, so, yeah, we start right into it at the very beginning, and yeah. you can kind of gloss over it, but it's it ruined the movie for me much more this yeah. time than it did last it's, time. I don't think it's necessarily something you can gloss over. It's something that if, if you I don't think I read the title me, cards last time. I think that's it, what must have happened. Maybe, maybe. Maybe you just watched the movie. Maybe I think maybe I was like, uh, title cards, screw this. <laughs> I'm not reading. It's reading. This is a silent picture. Oh, I don't it was also, it was also like a, it was a film class, and those were, those are stupid. Anyway, <laughs> I think I just slept anyway. Oh, probably. Probably. That sounds like a good plan. It's dark. You're watching it's a movie that has no words. <laughs> one note, one note I did see here, uh, said that in the, in the initial filming, uh, obviously, you know, he's kind of traveling. He alone. tried like four times from what I read yeah, in like he, the doc. He tried a whole bunch of different Wikipedia. stuff. But most of, you know, we were presented with this very, and, and obviously faked, uh, traditionalism. You know, there's absolutely no Western influence on these Inuit. Oh, I know. And going Even to the though, big, the white man's igloo, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I almost punched my computer. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, so, no, wait, that won't hurt him. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very contrived in how it presents things. And, you know, to an extent, his heart's in a good place because it he is. wants to show how they traditionally did it. And he it's doesn't want to show how they missed it by such a mark. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because not only, not only historically were they already, you know, using, using more, uh, well, it's hard to say Western since it's just Southern to them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Weapons and, and clothing. Um, and they, uh, you know, they, where was I going with this? Uh, from what I read, a lot of the Inuit knew more about his camera than he did. Because he only took <laughs> <course> <laughs> Well, no, yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, it, it would be like in 1922 trying to go make a kind of mediocre, noble, savage-esque documentary about regular Nor uh, North American, Native American tribes. Yeah. Where they would laugh at you and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, I so, mean, and that, and that, so, I mean, it's, it's a problem. It, it, yeah. And I understand really what he wants to do, and and I understand why the whatever the name of the the actual name of the Inuit he was dealing with yeah, got on board. Nanook. Yeah, <laughs> certainly not Nanook. Um, got on board. It's like, oh, this is a chance to show what my society, future generations, and yeah. people now, what my society used to look like. The way we used to do things, and I can accept that as a. It's just, yeah. it's not what happens in the film. It's no. the extra bits in between where he decides to tell us what's no, going to happen in the film. No, there's a, there's parts where it's what happens too. Well, you know, I didn't when, have this when he goes to the trading uh, trading post and he doesn't understand the concept of a phonograph, and he okay, it. yeah, that's true. That is that is an over the top. This guy's dumb because he doesn't understand our society. Uh, and it's it's completely incongruent to the rest of the movie, even, uh, you know. And and I think I ignored that portion. 
Yeah, and it's good to ignore that portion. I mean, uh, I'm talking about the terrible. general out in the snow parts. I think yeah. are very acceptable. Like, yeah. I'm going to show you what we did. Yeah, five hundred. And the just the justification that that Flaherty uses for that is, you know, yeah, I staged it. Maybe I told I took away their guns and their jeans and told them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> told them yeah. to do this, but they're still doing it. They're still. They're still presenting it in the culture of in their traditional right. culture, and they're doing a good job of it. That's the other a big issue. There's like, a difference between scripting and faking to a certain extent. And I and I don't have a huge problem with that. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. like uh, comments I've read about this about talking about how it's all fake. And yeah. no, I don't think that's the right word, especially yeah. if he asks them and says, "Well, what did you do 500 years ago?" Yeah. What did your grandpa do? Yeah. Can you show me what your grandpa did? Because obviously That's, the generations the, in the Inuit, they're 250 years. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, the things get passed no, down. No. How to do yeah. things get passed down. Exactly. I mean, lots of, not as much Americans, yeah. but um, even Americans know how to do things a way that they nobody does anymore. Yeah. Now, there are unfortunately I know how to use a rotary phone, fake. Adam. Yeah. Do you? Yes. I, I, I saw one the other day completely lost. <laughs> you threw it through the window. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kept pressing the circles. And but you you know what I mean, right? You know, no. some, you learn from people yeah. before you how to do things that you don't would never consider actually doing them that way. But even so, there are unfortunate instances in this movie where even, you know, we can we can justify a few things, but even then, he he is actually faking. Like the where where he catches the steel under the ice. Um, you know, that's the rope is circled back under the ice and there's someone else pulling the rope. The seal right. that they pull out of the water is already dead. Um, yeah, and yeah, and we get into that sort of thing and yeah. and and yet considering we live in a world where there's reality television. Yeah. Um, I can accept. Is, and reality is television much, is often labeled by people as television. And yeah. but reality television oftentimes gets muddled up with documentary television making. This is and, what happens when people stop living and just get real. Right, exactly. <laughs> they they yell at each other in a house. Um, yes, but you but you see what I'm saying as far as like I still don't yeah. have a huge problem. I mean, I watch things like Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Yeah. And things on there are staged all the time, but it is still essentially a sort of semi demi. Uh, 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 documentary television. Okay. Yeah. He's like, but he'll. But I like the fact that you know that's getting into another subject because they'll acknowledge. Look, we couldn't actually catch a fish, so yeah, we just bought a fish and pulled it out for the point of making a good scene because yeah, we because we wanted to talk about the fish. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and we got to get there some way or another. Yeah. And I understand that that's a thing that he's doing as well, but the problem yeah. is for me is still when he decides. When he is telling us what this is about. Yeah. When he is telling us from his perspective what the Inuit are all about, that's where it gets kind of gross. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. so you're going to tell us about these people who probably do speak English, or at least French, uh, what they're all about? Yeah. That's where it gets upsetting. Yeah, he doesn't really let them tell their they story. They don't do anything. They don't. They are not the ones who are yeah. telling us what Inuits are about. He's the one telling us yeah. what Inuits are about, yeah. and that's gross. And it's not just it's not just you know this idea that you can't observe without affecting. 
he's actively affecting. Yeah, he's purposely changing what's going on. And again, I understand. I'm going to take away your jeans. I'm going to take away your guns. And please put that cigarette out behind the igloo. Uh, But, like, yeah, I'm fine with all of that. Because if you think that documentaries are made without ever anybody, like, rigging it, that's nonsense. That's, yeah, sure, if you have the rest of your life to take yeah. footage. You might get everything you need there to is, make all there's the actually, points. There's a really great documentary. It's one of my favorite documentaries uh, called F for Fake. And it is a criterion, but it's spine number like 280. We'll get there. So right by, this, by the time we get there, we'll have forgotten this conversation entirely. I won't. Um, <laughs> yes. I'll never forget. But, uh, but it's it's done by Orson Welles. And it is they, uh, a guy named Clifford Irving wrote a book called Fake about Almir de Hori, who is an art forger, a modernist art forger. He did Picasso's, he did, you know, very, you know, modern, abstract sort of things. Um, And, you know, the director of the movie uh, started, he wanted, he worked with Irving, they were going to make a documentary version of the book. And while they were making that, Irving released his new book about Howard Hughes, okay. uh, which is the famously faked biography of Howard Hughes. And it came out that it was fake, and the whole the whole thing was falling apart. And Orson Welles stepped in and said, hey, you're making a movie about an art forger. Let's just modify this a little and make a movie about fakery. Um, <laughs> Well, then, I'm actually so excited about this film. Yeah, that it's a really fun movie. It's a really fun and interesting movie. Um, but uh, one of the things they say is, you know, as long as as long as there's experts, there will be fakers. You know? Well, and and, and 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 they will oftentimes, I think, will probably be one in the same. Yeah, and often they are one in the same. That's yeah. one of the things. That's one of the things the movie gets into. So you know, it's. Flaherty is presenting himself as an expert because he's presenting the only bit of information the general public is going to have about these people, uh, and he's he's lying through his teeth. Right, and it's and it's part. interesting because yeah, he's painting a picture that <laughs> is the only piece of information many people might have yeah. will ever get on yeah. these people. Because, I mean, the Inuits are not exactly widely talked about, even at this point. Yeah. And it, it's it's sad, is what it yeah. is. It's sad yeah, that, it's... like, he couldn't do it in a more honest way, but I'm not going to call him a faker. In that, no. I don't think he faked that much more than other documentary filmmakers fake. Yeah. And that, well, that's one of the problems, I think, one of the problems with documentaries is that, you know... Um, there's always editing. It's not just right. It's us never watching. just yeah a raw feed. It's of not us people doing. As it. soon as you may, as soon as you make an edit, you're making a narrative. Right, and we get into this one point is that unfortunately, I all I do not know enough about Inuit culture to call whether or not. That's the other issue. Is I am there. Are, it's dubious about what parts are fake in the sense that he staged them, which I do not have a yeah. problem with, and what parts are fake in the sense that he invented them whole cloth. Yeah, and then I the Inuits are like, "Why do you want me to do that?" Yeah. yeah, I think I think the only scene where that necessarily happened would be the scene with the trade uh, trading. Post. That's my guess too. Is and yeah. possibly 
because it plays like a clown car, but I don't actually know because maybe that's how you travel. Um, the uh, the scene where they're all getting out of the kayak, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. and and he gets out, and the one kid's clinging to the front, and he gets off, and then the wife crawls out of the kayak, and then another baby crawls out behind her. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's there's a, a few it's, there's a few weird ones like that, and like yeah, I I don't know I don't know how how true to life that might be, and that's that's one spot where I don't know how true to life. <laughs> but that, that might may be. also be a, a fundamental <laughs> uh, problem with the fact that they don't ever use that kind yeah. of kayak anymore, and so they're all like, "Oh my yeah, god, exactly. how do we get out of this thing?" It's a flat pony. It's just just everybody just crawling out. Um, yeah. But you know, there's 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 scenes in this that are very clearly true to life. You know, while the while the catching of the seal, you know, the seal's already dead. The whole butchering scene, um, and you know that that as a piece of cinema was very nice between them butchering the seal intercut with the snarling dogs. Yeah, um, that was a very as a as a piece of as a piece of film that was a good scene. Um, well, but again, and, and you know, then, once and you start making edits, yeah, you're making a narrative. Right. And then also, it, with that, I think we're probably a little bit closer to true to life at that point because yeah. probably at that time, although they're using guns, they're still hunting seals. Yeah. And yeah. they're still, still, they still probably certainly... butchering them on the spot because that's what hunters yeah. do. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And so, and so still... We, we're still seeing authentic elements of what they do. Yeah, maybe they gave them a different yeah. tool to use. You, yeah. Normally, they might be using a. They will probably be using a regular hunting knife. Yeah. But you know, you hand a hunter a sharp piece of stone, he's still going to know the general the general <laughs> gist of it. Yeah, yeah. He might not like to use. That right. Tool. He may be yeah. like, "Why do you want me to use this again?" But yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's elements like that where it's like, "Oh, okay, so this is just this is fine. Yeah. This is acceptable." Yeah. And, apparently, apparently during the walrus hunt scene. For instance, uh, it was going very poorly, and they kept yelling at uh, Flatterly to drop the camera and grab a rifle and save them. <laughs> Man. Um, and he just kept the film running, uh, which made a great scene, and no one was hurt, and that's great. But there is a sequence not in the movie uh, of a failed polar bear hunt. Oh my um, goodness! Where uh, uh, everybody gets stranded. And they end up nearly starving to death. Oh my God. Um, so you know, there's 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 certainly there's realism to what's going on because there have to be they're actually doing this. Right. They are having to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah. real or fake, they are still. I mean, they build that igloo. Yeah, they definitely there's, build that igloo. Fake and that. I mean, that is a great scene, and I and I like how that plays out because it's you know they're 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 out there. And they build the igloo, so they need shelter. And then we talk about how we heat the igloo, so we focus on the on the moss and the fire. Yeah. And then it's dark inside the igloo, so let's bring in a light and and get the window in there. And it's you know it's very it's very humanistic the way that's presented: shelter, heat. Yeah, shelter. and and it's totally <clears throat> if if the rest of the movie were like that. <laughs> yeah. Without the editorialization, <laughs> it would have been great. It would have been yeah. It should. It probably wouldn't have been the theater length. No. Uh, but it would have been a nice little compact documentary about traditional Inuit life. 
Yeah. Uh, but instead, yeah, it has those extra bits. It has a man biting a phonograph for no reason. Uh, yes. It has a couple other little bits like that. That I mean, what I I don't even understand what the motivation for biting it would be. So, I don't yeah, know. It, it doesn't it, look like food to anybody. If you're being tricked into believing that there's tiny men in the machine singing or whatnot, you don't bite the record to prove it's dead. Um, yeah, and that <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where we're getting into like yeah, just that sort like, of casual racism of yeah. like oh he's. Yeah. He's so. This will be funny. See, he's so you're confused. Innocent. You don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, and I'm sure that the guy who's, for lack of a better yeah. word, playing at Nanook, just thought it was funny, and agreed yeah. and said, no, "I'm sure. I'm sure he did." Yeah, because it is kind of paid. funny, and I mean, kind and of like was, sliding down the hill paid. and some other stuff like that. He's getting paid, and so, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll do whatever you say. Another element of fakery in this: uh, the woman playing Nanook's wife, not Nanook's wife wife uh actually flatterly's kind of uh mistress apparently is <laughs> that is a very interesting his, fact his, thank you his Adam. inuit his inuit common law wife, right wife, right is uh his despite his act his wife back in actual society <laughs> wow that's way a, to put that but that isn't uh, a, yeah good good word choice adam uh, yeah, I was going to refer to him as, as her as his northern concubine. So <laughs> yeah, I guess we, we both kind of missed on the, the word choice, but uh, uh, let's. Uh, you know, it's all this racism is really <laughs> yeah, right. It's hard not to like. You end up. It's like yeah. taking a racism bath, and like it kind of yeah. drips. It, some of it seeps in, and you can't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to talk about this movie on its terms, and that's because yeah. because its terms are bad terms. Yeah, it's just really it's hard to deal with because uh, as it's not just like I said, it's not just because we're modern Americans. It's also yeah. because even for its time, this is racist. Yeah, this is very behind yeah. the modern thinking at the time. I think, and and I mean, yeah. So, first documentary that's not really a documentary. I don't know what else first to say time. about it. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, and, and like, I heard a couple of people, oh, it's, it's very pretty. And it's like, well, no, it is, but it's only pretty because if you, t- I think, I think a monkey with a camera could make the Arctic look pretty. Yeah. You know what you I know, mean? You, you, pan, you pan enough, it's fine. Yeah. And, you know, we get, we get that in a lot of the other movies we We've seen, not necessarily, not even, you know, obviously this is the first documentary we watched as part of the Criterion. But, you know, like, like, uh, Walkabout does, and, and. Yeah, if you're in a pretty enough place, off. you don't have to do any yeah. work. You just, you just pan across the environment to, to establish that the environment is, is hostile in itself. Um, you know, they do a lot of, they do a lot of long cuts, and the, the scene of him jumping across the ice flows, um, that just establish how hostile the environment is. And it's beautiful. And, and, it's, well and it's a good thing in a documentary about people living yeah. in a hostile environment. Is to sh- Okay, this is yeah. a hostile environment. Yeah, we need to showcase how hostile that is. And you know you what know, I since... did love? I did love the kind of kind of early Disney era graphics at the beginning explaining where the bay was. Love yes. that. Yes. I love that pencil, like that sort of like ink on celluloid drawing I love it when they do that. Yes, that was that was very nice, actually. I, I 
I did. I, like I, I always um, that's I'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff, and like that that was probably like the most sophisticated thing he did. You probably had to pay a guy to do that. I'm guessing that was, that was certainly the most sophisticated thing he did. Uh, maybe he paid Walt Disney to do it. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I just I no, remember I seeing that in like uh, those kind of that era war documentaries and stuff like that. They would always do yeah, yeah that kind of like okay. We, yeah, it's a pretty common. Yeah, and I I always love it when I see that. And so for me, that was the highlight of the film was <laughs> seeing that like the yeah. bay map. I loved it. I mean that's that's the sort of thing that you know eventually morphed into the uh, Indiana Jones track. Exactly, I with, love with it. Dotted arrows along. Yes, and yeah, it's, it's which eventually it's a, it's a yeah, nice effect. Yeah, it, it, I love it. It's my one of my favorite things. It's certainly my favorite thing in this film, which is kind of sad. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's yeah, I, like I don't. It's it's just really hard to get over the hump of the problems. Because they think, are the movie. Yeah. One of one of the issues, I think, in trying to establish this as a hostile environment, are you, are but you still being, staging what's everything. Going on in your in what's Did going you suddenly on? get a lot of background yeah. noise? I apologize. My roommate just got in the shower. Okay, I thought maybe you were are, I thought it was like is it like yeah. helicopter yeah. day again or <laughs> There's a lot of weird noises uh in my in my environment and I apologize. Uh, profusely. Um, <laughs> you got to fire that Foley at least, artist. At least just once. <laughs> I have a terrible Foley artist. He doesn't listen to me. He just does whatever he wants. <laughs> he makes, sits he behind me the entire the time. Shower noises. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, he's very good at what he does. The helicopter is expertly done. <laughs> right, and it's um, all with his mouth. It's amazing. It's all with it. Yeah, he's a it's like Michael that guy Winslow. from Police Academy. Yeah, Michael Winslow. Thank you for remembering his name. Yeah, I only remember because <laughs> I always felt like he should be a member of Family Matters. <laughs> Carl Winslow's brother. Right, so somehow they should have brought him in just for, for fun, I always felt. Yeah, that seems like the sort of... I mean, if if uh, Steve Urkel can show up on Family Matters... Exactly. Carl Win- <laughs> Why not Carl... Or, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Winslow. Winslow and Carl Winslow can be... Can be just brothers. for one episode, right? <laughs> yeah, just for one episode. Okay, so... <laughs> Back on track. Um, I will say no, that the music there's... in the Criterion version, which of course in a silent film has nothing to do with the actual music from the original showing. Yeah, I would like to know. I would like, I to, would know like too. to know too. Is this the original score? Yeah, it was um, quite that's, nice. That's the sort of. I don't like. I don't like asking questions like this. Is the sort of thing we should have researched already? No, Adam. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, I didn't say it's the sort of thing we would have researched already. It's the sort of thing we should have. No, researched no, no. Already. I know, but what I, what I'm saying is that the the theme of this podcast is two average guys talking about the Criterion Collection. Yes. Average people don't research, Adam. That's true. They talk. That's true. Fine, I'll look it uh. up. <laughs> You look it up. Pat. I don't know where look I'm going to find out the information. For yeah, this. don't don't bother looking it up. The music is great. Whoever That's my point. Music, is it's whether, lovely. Whether it's original or or whether I mean, obviously, obviously, silent films had scores that they were released with. They weren't, you know, it's you'd have right. And sometimes those are lost, and sometimes those aren't. Sometimes, and that's the issue because yeah. we watched another silent film where they clearly stated in one of the things I was reading. Oh, it was lost. The original score was lost, so we filled in. We we yeah. hired a composer to make something that is nice. Yeah. 
And this was very nice, and it worked. Yeah, really and well. that's my point. Is yeah. just, it was very nice. Obviously, if it was done, you know, it, whether it was done in 1922 or done in 1998, uh, it's still the guy who composed it did very well. Yeah, it doesn't matter who he is. It it, it only matters yeah. that he did a great job. And it's not it's not like it's not like they had an orchestra standing behind the camera, no matter what. It was done post production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whenever it was yeah. done. So, um, so I will yeah. say that. Um, I'm now on the Wikipedia page, uh, and it's amazing how often this is referenced in popular media. Well, yeah. It's a very very popular thing at the time. (laughs) And Hey Arnold episodes. Of course in silly ways, because it's it's a silly thing. It's, yeah. I think on its surface, no one... Yeah, everybody has to just know when they watch it. Even the people... Even the people, even the people who might seriously believe that this is an actual representation of actual events, it's meant to be silly. It's it's yeah, meant that's to be. True. If if you're viewing this as reality, you're viewing it as a oh, aren't those people weird? Reality. Yeah, yeah, and and which yeah. is kind of I think. Yeah, it's, it's a failure. It, it's definitely a failure on a anthropological. Yeah, and I think part of my problem is the fact that it's like. Um, it does have that. Oh, aren't these guys yeah. so silly? So yeah, look at them. But yeah, it's I'm now reading Roger Ebert's comments about it. <laughs> Thank you for silently reading this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, would you like me to read it out loud? Uh, sure. Why no, not? I'm not going to. Okay, then don't. <laughs> I love you, Pat. Because <laughs> um, uh, frankly, Roger Ebert likes it too much. Yeah, I w- I will say that uh, I'm very glad that this was a black and white movie during the butchering scenes, um, and I'm very glad there wasn't someone throwing buckets of red paint onto the screen <laughs> um, because that's the sort of thing Flatterly might have done right. if he had the paint around. Um, maybe all the paint froze. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. Right? He's like, oh man, I brought all these, I brought all these buckets and. I can't use any of them. It's terrible, terrible. Um, you know the interior shots of the uh, of the igloo were another thing that was faked because you can't get yeah a camera in 1922 uh, inside an igloo. Right. Um, yeah, unless the igloo is the size of a house. Yeah. So they built like a, a two thirds igloo or something, a, a cutaway igloo. Um, Again, I can totally which accept I, that. which I don't really. It's fine. Which is actually a pretty, uh, pretty nice engineering feat in its own, I would think, because the entire the entire setup of an igloo <laughs> is that the dome shape keeps it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm wondering like what kind of things <laughs> they had to rig up to make that work. <laughs> yeah, maybe it had a just a wood edge on the front end. Um, but yeah, uh, it's. You know, there's there's good in this movie. There really is. And we can, you know, it, I think that's where we're headed with this whole thing. There's good in this. Yeah, it's, it's not... It's just, there's not... It's not bad. There's not enough good in this. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. It's just, I don't... I both I both understand why it's on the Criterion Collection and cannot fathom why it's on the Criterion Collection. I mean, I understand because it is the first sort of, like, docudrama yeah. thing where you're, like, kind of mixing reality with kind of a conceptualization yeah. of reality. Um, 
at the same time, so I understand that that's a, a, a milestone, but yeah. at the same time, it's not that great. It's yeah. kind of like when people say, oh, this thing is important because, well, it's exactly like this. It's when people say, like, oh, it's important because it invented this thing. It doesn't make it not crap. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. There's plenty of examples in, like, music and stuff like that. Well, like, like Birth of the Nation. Exactly. It's the first oh, that's epic a, movie. You know, I thought about it's that while I was movie. watching it and yeah. then I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's the first. Epic does does movie, that make it not? Yeah, any, it's, it's it doesn't awesome. make it less. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot, you know, or you know, the fact that Michael Bay is on the Criterion Collection, and we have, you know, we're we're steadily marching toward Armageddon <laughs> I'm so right excited. now. And I mean, I mean the movie and the uh, the time frame that that represents for my life. I believe I believe discussing Armageddon on Lost in Criterion is going to be Armageddon. my personal Armageddon. Um, but uh, but you know Michael Michael Bay, yeah, <laughs> he does what he does. Uh, Michael Bay does what he does very well, and, and that, you know, whatever yeah. justification for putting for putting that movie on there or any of his work on there, yeah, what he does is good. But he's he's. He's the king of the poop factory. It's <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, and this guy's kind of in the same category. He's a, he's like yeah. He's the best, and, and he's the in a, the originator of a thing that shouldn't really be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he invented yeah. and and I guess in a certain way he gets that same way that like you can give. Oh man, I'm gonna break. I'm gonna bring in. Was it Rule Thirty Four? He's kind of like Hitler. <laughs> No, that's oh. that's rule thirty four. Is there sex? Oh of shoot! It. What's uh, the one with Hitler? Oh, that's the other guy. The name Goodwin. Right? Goodwin's, yeah, Goodwin's law. law. Goodwin's Sorry, law. I got confused. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I could probably have run with the rule thirty four thing and come up with a way to justify <laughs> yeah, probably that too. Did. But you could have justified. But, that, um, but uh, so yeah, my point is simply that you, in a weird, disgusting way, can it. Ah, this is gonna go wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is gonna go real wrong. My point I'm gonna love it going wrong though. So <laughs> my point is simply that he did a bad thing and that has helped yeah. in a certain weird, twisted way, people realize that that's yeah. a bad thing and make better things in the he future. He stands he stands as a shining negative. Exactly. Example. That's what I'm going for. Thank you. Yeah. Adam. And I didn't even have to yes. bring up Hitler only once. Uh Yes. That's my fine. point is simply that yeah, he's a he's a brilliant example to future documentary yeah. makers about what not to do. What not to do? Yeah, and we we started this conversation mentioning eugenics. It was inevitably that we inevitable that we right exactly. And, so and you kind of get that same um, thing <laughs> with your Stalins and your Hitlers and that sort of jazz of like these are great yeah. examples of how not to be a good human being. Yeah, this is this is Nazi anthropology. It is, is very this much is how is. the Nazis it's disgusting. <laughs> it's it's oh well, we're great. Yeah, as having um, a man who eh. spent four years studying anthropology, this movie makes me kind of want to throw up. <laughs> Yes, 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 it does. But I mean, like, I feel like it should have that effect on anybody who watches it, regardless of how much they know about because yeah. and it's because not, these ideas are so not, even, not acceptable. Yeah, and you, you've said this a couple of times. Uh, I don't necessarily feel like this is a values dissonance thing. No, I don't, I don't feel think like so us looking at this in 2012 can say, oh, this is this is terrible. I, I feel like anyone viewing this <laughs> right. in 1922 should have like, said, 
uh, are we sure about this? Yeah, and I think but, because you can get no, it's a different. If world. you look on the Wikipedia and some of, like some of the comments about it originate from his time period of people saying, yeah. "Wait a minute." Yeah, people have been complaining about this for a very long time. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, com- um, the comments are as old as the film, of like, well, this doesn't yeah. seem real. There's things wrong with yeah. this. And that's not how Inuits are. And, uh, yeah, so... Yeah. But luckily, it, it um, it's an inspiration to Frank Zappa, and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I mean, one of its early critics was, you know, a Scottish documentarian, John Grierson. Uh, Grierson. Uh, you know, he's the guy who coined the term documentary. So it's not, <coughs> it's not like, uh, it's not like people were, uh, uh, completely ignorant of this being dumb. And, you know, at the same time, like you said, it's, it's scholarly people obviously had, would have problems with this on its surface. But the general public isn't as dumb as we pretend they are right. sometimes. Good so. news. Um, the guy who played Nana died of tuberculosis, yeah. probably, at home. Yeah. I feel yeah. happy um, for him that yeah, way. They, <laughs> the end of the movie and in interviews with uh, with uh, Flaherty's uh, uh, wife, his actual wife, not his, not his others... Um, they repeat, you know, at the end, in the epilogue to this movie, and she repeats that he starved to death two years later, um, which I guess is fine for your narrative, and that's a great ending to things in a way. You know, the environment's so hostile that he couldn't survive, but he died of TB like seven years later. It's yeah. the actuality, um, which is, you know, that's just as bad. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me almost happy to hear that in a weird way, and that yeah. like that. At least he didn't start with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also yeah. that, like, it does feed into the, oh, th- there's a lot of narrative here. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of narrative here. Uh, way too much yeah. narrative here. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot else no, to say. No, we really this. have... This is one of those ones yeah. where we have a, a, this a is, sort of... Insufficient. It's a romanticization. Yeah, it's it's a romanticization. Romanticization. <laughs> I like how you just <laughs> decided to mumble your way through that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did it twice too. Um, he romanticizes. There you go. You know, everything, you know, and there's still some amount of documentary value there, but it's well, the, the documentary value is in the actual footage. Not in the things he says. It's it's in yeah. the fact that he he asked some people to act like what they what yeah. relatively what they near ancestors like. might have done, yeah. and that's worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, you do see that in in anthropology where people say, "Well, how did we do this before we had guns? How yeah. did we do?" And that's a valuable endeavor in and of itself. And so if you strip out everything he says and then cut out the phonograph and cut out a couple other really awkward scenes, you kind of would have an acceptable, here's our idea of what may have been like for, and and you have to couch it in those may have been likes 
what we think. Yeah. But it's still a worthwhile endeavor to try and figure out how somebody would hunt yeah. a seal with no gun. Yeah. Yeah, this is a history channel yes, show, exactly. not, a, not a documentary. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, but that, yeah. that kind of active look into historical ways of doing things is a, is a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah. And it, assuming and, he asked them to yeah. do it and try to figure out how to, how their grandfather did it or their great-grandfather did it yeah. rather than just telling them what to do, which we have to assume because we have no way of knowing, then yeah. that's a worthwhile <laughs> thing. If he told them, if, if he gave You're them right. all the instructions and said, this is how Inuits do this, then of course it's worthless. But we don't know what if which one of those yeah. two things he did. There's evidence out there, I guess, but I'm not convinced one way or the other. So, Agreed. Okay. So that's Nanak of the North. So, the worst named that's movie Nanook ever. Of the North. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the freaking uh, for, for name context. is racist. Yeah, yeah. For context, Nanook is uh, is an Inuit uh, deity, I suppose. It's it's the word for bear as well, but it's you know, it's the sort of cultural adoration of the bear because that's what their life is. The bear is the provider, food, skins, whatever, you know. But uh, but Nanook is just the word. Would for you bear, like basically. me to so. tell you what I do remember reading about the Inuit history of? Their their origin story? No, let's not do it. Sure. No, I'm not going to do it because I can. Let's not get into. I do remember Pat. that. Stop! Stop teasing us. It Pat. involves fingers and a boat. Fingers I'm and a boat. I'm pretty sure this um, was the Inuit origin story. Yeah. This is their their personal yeah. origin story for humanity. Okay. Okay. It involves fingers yeah. and a boat and 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 a, and a certain oh, I can't remember now. Yeah. It's no good. Princess can't get back into the boat because somebody chops her fingers off while she's trying to get into the boat with the oar. They fall down in the ocean and they become all the sea creatures. Pretty sure. Oh, all the all the fingers became I'm pretty that's, that's sure. Very, I may be misremembering. That, reminds that was me of, about uh, eight years ago. Did you watch uh, Did you watch Prometheus no. yet? Because that kind of happened at no. the beginning of Prometheus. So it hasn't maybe come out. That's what it may have come out here. Um, so I'm just, I'm just going to say, uh, disclaimer to anybody listening... If you've taken anthropology classes more recently than I am, <laughs> I don't care. Don't email me. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. If I have it wrong, um, I don't care. And I, I'd just like to add that if you disagree factually with anything that I or Pat have said, uh, please email Pat. <laughs> um, because I want to read those, but I don't want to deal with yeah, them right? directly. Email my sister. <laughs> hey, thanks. Um, Yes, email Pat's sister. Uh, don't give your I sister's email address. Out of the podcast. Out of... <laughs> okay, so that's the end that. of Dandruff of the North. We are finished. <laughs> we have wasted yes. these people's time. Thank you time. once again for listening. Right. Uh, next next time we'll be back with uh, the uh, 1966 uh, Andre Tarkovsky epic. Uh, Andre. Sort of semi, semi-biographical epic, I guess. Andre Rublev. Uh, about the uh, the Russian painter, um, and that's a really yeah, long movie. We'll so see you we'll then if we make that. it through the watching of it. Yes, yes. Thank you. Come again. Come again. <laughs> so come listen again. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. Goodbye. That was weird. <laughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to Lost in Criterion, a production of With Two Brains. The show is hosted by Adam Glass and John Patrick Owatari Dorgan. Jonathan Hape did the music, and Adam Glass also edited it all together. Feel free to contact us by email via lostincriterion at withtwobrains.com or join us on the web at www.lostincriterion.com.